Too often people misinterpret a transition point in service as an end to what the Spirit of God may or may not be doing in any moment. And that's not the case. When we come here and we engage in the presence of God, everything that happens here is a continuance of the move of God in the place. Does that make sense? So, so let me ask you to dial in, stay tuned in. Don't mentally disengage or spiritually disengage with what the Lord is doing. I believe he's speaking to us today. So we start a new message series in the book of Jonah on the life of Jonah. I believe that God has brought us here for such a time as this. I don't think it's any accident that the people in this room are in this room today. Y'all want the Lord to speak to you? You want the Lord to challenge you today? You want to walk out of here a little better prepared to be who he's called you to be? Amen. Yeah? Me too. Me too. If you've got your Bibles, your tablets, devices, whatever you're using, open them up to the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 1, where we're going to start today. Jonah is an interesting person in the Old Testament prophet called by the Lord. He's famous for making bad decisions. Though ultimately he did make the right decision, though his attitude in that decision was questionable. (laughs) People like this give me hope. They give me hope because it just shows that God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for willingness And when God called us to do everything he called us to do, I saw it on Facebook. It says he factored in our stupidity. Isn't that refreshing to hear that? He knew who he was calling. He knew what he was calling us to do, despite of that. So Jonah's one of those guys. So he's doing his business, living life, and the word of the Lord came to him. He says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, It's interesting that Jonah is translated into the word dove. Jonah means dove. His father's name, Amittai, actually means truth. So you have the son of truth, a dove, which is symbolic for peace. (laughs) God is calling to go preach to these people. The word of the Lord came to Jonah says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. So God calls Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach what he's got him to preach because it's time for Nineveh to go through some change. You know, just like God called Jonah to be a prophet, to deliver his word, everybody in here has got a call of God on your life. You realize that, don't you? This thing isn't just for pastors or for leaders in the church. This is for his body, collective. He has a calling on your life. If you're breathing, he's got a call on your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 encourages us, and it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. See, God's plans give us hope 
and a future. You're here this morning, I'm telling you that God has a plan for your life, and that gives you hope in the future that lies in front of you. Amen? So Ephesians 2.10 goes further with this, and it says, For we are God's masterpiece. Look at the person next to you and say, You are God's masterpiece. Some of y'all received that word a little bit better than others did. Do you know what I'm saying? You are God's masterpiece. God put a lot of detail in you. He didn't just throw a bunch of ingredients in a bowl and hope he had a batch of cookies. You understand? He was very specific and very deliberate in our creation and our calling. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, praise God for that, so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I got news for you. Just like Jonah, you were created on purpose and for a purpose. You're created on purpose and for a purpose. Now, I don't know what your background is or what your history is or what you've walked through, and you might feel like you're a mistake. And I'm here to tell you, God does not make mistakes. When he made you, he made you on purpose for a purpose because he has a plan for your life. You might think, well, Pastor Josh, you don't know how bad I screwed up my life. No, I don't, but God does. And if you look in Scripture, there's a whole lot of people in Scripture that jacked up their lives, and God still did something powerful in and through them. Because you were created on purpose and for a purpose. He doesn't make mistakes. It's this, this is not just for the person next to you. This is for you. You have a purpose. You have a calling. You have a destiny that God has laid out before you. Now question, what has God called you to do? What is the purpose that God has set for you? For you. Because if we're all created in his image... If we all have works to do for the glory of God, if we're all created on purpose for a purpose, then there's something for each of us. And it's not necessarily your job. That's what you do to pay the bills. That's not who you are. Amen? Okay. Who you are is a new creation in Christ Jesus. So many times we take our identity based on what we do and based on the mechanics of what we have to do to fulfill responsibilities in this life. It may be your responsibility, but it might not be your purpose. What is your purpose? What did God put you on this earth to do? And I got news for you. It's more than paying bills. It's more than punching a time clock. God's got a purpose for your life. We were created on purpose and for a purpose. So Jonah has this purpose that he's called to. Jonah does not make the best decision in the world on first steps towards fulfilling that. In Jonah chapter 1, uh, at verse 3, it says, But Jonah ran away from the Lord. Everybody say, run away. Run away. Now let's say it like Forrest Gump. Run away. <laughs> say, say, I'm running. See? So, so Jonah pulls a Forrest Gump and just takes off running. Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. God did not call him to go to Tarshish. God called him to go to Nineveh. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Bad plan. If you're running from God today, bad plan. Everywhere you go, there he is. You can't get away from him. So Jonah's plan was, I'm going to get far away from God. I'm going to run from this. 
And so he goes down and he pays a price for a ticket to get on this boat to get as far away from God as he can. He's actually, now it's costing him something to run from God because Jonah's got this plan worked out. Now, I wonder if there's anybody here today who maybe had a similar plan in your life. Maybe you guys watching online, you thought, well, God's called me to do this, but something's happened along the way to cause you to just hit the brakes and back off of that and try to get as far away from him as you can. Maybe you've tried to hide your gifts and talents and bury them as far in the ground as you possibly can. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, it is time to dig that stuff up, get it before the Lord, submit it to him, and get busy doing what he's called you to do. Don't be like Jonah. Jonah took off running. And, and I know when you hear Jonah's running to Tarshish, instead of going to Nineveh, like for you, might be like me, I'd mentally, I can't get that picture in my mind. Let me show you a picture of what was happening here, okay? So, so Jonah goes down to the port in Joppa, and he could go to Nineveh, which is about 550 miles away from where he was. Now, that's a journey. That's a journey. He goes, oh, no, we're going to go on a big trip. I'm going to go... 2,500 miles away from where I'm supposed to be to get as far away from it as possible. Jonah, was, like, there was no other port he could get to that was further away at this time. He was, boom, going. I'm out of here. Like a dog with its tail truck tucked in. Jonah just went off running. Bad idea. You know why? Because the Lord was still waiting for him in Tarshish. Uh, the Lord was there on the whole journey he was trying to make. Bad idea. So I'm like, what's the big deal about going to Nineveh? What would motivate somebody to try to go 2,500 miles away? That's like, that's like traveling from New York to L.A. Pretty close to the same mileage. That's what Jonah was trying to do. What would motivate him to do all of that? And I'll tell you why. Jonah was scared out of his mind. You know why he was scared? Because Nineveh was in the middle of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrians were not nice people. It gets better. Israel was one of the main enemies of Assyria. So Jonah coming out of Israel as a Jew, going into Assyria, bad plan, at least on paper. They did not like Israelites. God told Jonah not to just go there, but to call them out on their business. Say, y'all been doing this. It's time to change. The Assyrians were brutal. They were brutal. Okay, They would just for fun, if they conquered you as a people, a lot of times what they would do to uh, men and women and children was they would bury you up to your neck and then stake your tongue down to the ground and just leave you there until you died of dehydration and exposure. That's a different level of mean. Like I can think maybe, maybe burying them up to their head, oh, that's brutal. No, let's stake their tongues down to the ground. That's what they would do. You know? they, um, they would go in and if they... If they felt you were a threat as a people, they would, they would cut off an arm and a leg 
just to ensure that you were disabled and dependent upon them. And if, many times they would leave the right hand so that you could reach out to them and pay homage and respect and swear your loyalty to them, but they would cut off the left arm and the right leg to disable you. That's how they rolled. If you rolled up to Nineveh and part of the Assyrian kingdom, it wasn't uncommon for these cities in, 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 the, in that area to have, and I'm not trying to be gross, I'm just trying to tell you what was up. Then They, they would have the skins of their enemies draped over the walls. They would skin people alive or dead and hang their skins up as a warning to everybody that would come through. This is where God was sending Jonah. I gotta be honest with you. I probably paused for a second and then just pray a little bit harder myself. Josh, go to Nineveh and preach repentance to them. Their sins come up. Okay. Making sure, because we know where you're you're sending me right now. I just want to make sure that I'm hearing from you. You know what I mean? He was scared. He was scared. He was scared. You know why he was scared? Now, I'm taking a little poetic license here. This is not in the Word of God. So, listen, this is my opinion on this. This is my opinion. It's very important that you understand. This is my opinion that I'm using to kind of gauge where Jonah was in this. I think just common sense, if you're afraid, then that means that, one, you don't feel like you're adequately equipped to go do what you're asked to do. Two, you don't have enough confidence in the one who is asking you to go do it. You understand? Jonah was having an identity crisis. God asked him to do something that in his mind seemed too big. Your confidence as an individual comes from your relationship with God. Jonah did not have the proper outlook on his identity. And because he did not see himself the way God created him, he packed up and tried to go the other way. Now, insecurity in this area manifests in different ways. It's not just fear, is it? We can feel inadequate. We can feel unqualified. Um, we can, I mean, fill in the blank. Whatever is going to affect your identity, what has happened in the past, steers way too many people, and they can't see the person that God is calling them to be. And so... They just tap out and say, you know what, here's where I am. Nothing else is possible through this. Maybe somebody else, but not this person right here. Jonah was having an identity crisis. Let me tell you something. You will never be able to be used by God any further than the limit of your identity in him. How you see yourself determines how available you are for God to do something in and through. Let me encourage you. Listen, find your identity in Christ Jesus. In Christ. Not the past, not the words of negative people spoken over you, not the situations you find yourself in, or the perception of lack of gifts inside of you. You have exactly what you need to do what God has called you to do. Don't sell out on that. And so he sees himself as a little bit unqualified to do what God is calling him to do, and he starts, he runs down to Joppa, and he gets this boat. And I got news for you. If you're looking for a boat, you'll always find a boat. You'll always find a way out. If you're trying to run from God, you will always find an excuse not to show up and do what God has called you to do. 
a little, little too quiet in here. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about all those other people. You know what I mean? There's all those other people, all those other places. It's not us here. It, if you're looking for the boat, you're always going to find the boat. There will always be an excuse. There will always be a reason. And there are countless people and churches all across this country right now locked in self-deception because they found a boat and talked themselves into hopping on it instead of trusting God and following through with what he asked them to do. Don't look for a boat. Look for a cross. Crucify that flesh. Crucify that stuff that needs to die. Submit your life to Christ and let him do something through you. Don't run. Don't try to find a boat. If you're looking for a boat, you'll find a boat. And I tell you, Coincidence is not calling. Coincidence is not calling. And, and I'd say this too. Open doors are not always from God. If you're in a season where, I hate to use the word wrestling, but if you're in a season where you are settling the fact of what God has called you to do, there's always going to be another opportunity there's always going to be another open door there's going to be a boat ready for you to take don't take the boat just because the opportunity is there doesn't mean it's the right opportunity i tell one on myself um this was before kelly and i were asked to be the lead pastors here at eastgate church um we're going through a crazy season of life a lot of stuff in transition a lot of stuff up in the air you're at a season like that you know where you're praying to just make sure you have heard correctly from God on what he's asking you to do, and then suddenly just stuff just starts breaking loose, and you got all this distraction to ignore so you can stay focused on what he's calling you to do. Well, the phone rang in the middle of all of that, and it was another church, and they called and said, Hey, uh, Josh, we want you and Kelly to come be with us. And I said, Really? Pray tell, what are we talking about here? And they opened up the checkbook, and they said, we want you guys to be here. And I'm going to tell you what they offered just so you can get some perspective on this. Now, um, I was in a season where I was running a business, but I knew I was called to ministry. And so I was doing the bivocation thing, and I was in a season where I just was not looking forward to going to work. I was very much looking forward to getting in the pulpit and preaching and praying with people and, and ministering. Um, but the season I was in, the Lord had me going to work. What they were offering would make sure that Josh didn't have to go do that business anymore, but that Josh could step into full-time pastoral ministry. They said, we will pay you an annual salary of $85,000 a year to start. And I said, whew, this is sounding good. Starting to feel the Lord on this. Then they said, we will also pay for you to move out here. Uh, we will give you an expense account of $10,000 a year aside from your salary. And we would also give you a housing allowance equivalent to, and here they dropped the percentages. It was about a $120,000 package they were offering us. And all I had to do was say yes. We'd pack up our bags and move to Beverly, just like the hillbillies. You know what I'm saying? We just, that's all we had to do. And man, it was tempting. And man, it was a great opportunity. We put it before the Lord in prayer, and he said no. And I said, okay, Lord, 
And the next day, I got up. I put on my work clothes. And I went back to the job. Went back to the business. And I did what God called me to do. There are always opportunities in the middle of seasons where you have to make decisions. But just because it's an open door does not mean that you're supposed to walk through it. Put the test to it. The call of God is not coincidental. He thunders the plan in your spirit. And you know the steps that you will need to take. Don't take the boat just because the boat looks good. Don't jump in the relationship just because the opportunity is there. Okay? Don't take the job just because it's there. You might be making more money, but what is it really costing you? You understand? More money doesn't always mean benefit. More money and more responsibility at work can have a high price tag on it and cost you your family, cost you your ministry, cost you, I mean, it could cost you everything for an extra ten dollars or $15,000 more a year. It's not worth it. An open door does not mean God is calling you to walk through it. You've got to test this stuff. So Jonah is in a boat that was conveniently there. Because the devil is always going to give you a substitute. He's always going to have something there to try to deceive you into an alternate path. So Jonah's on that boat going the wrong way. And this is what I know. The call of God will always take you out of your comfort zone too. So the choice quite often is remain uncomfortable in a situation that's not ideal. And be in step with what God is asking you to do. Or take the easy way out. God's calling will always take you out of that comfort zone. Because he wants you dependent upon him, not your skill set. He wants you dependent upon him, not your resources. He wants you dependent upon him. Every person that God used in scripture, they were taken out of their comfort zone. Do you think Moses was comfortable standing in front of Pharaoh? Now he was obedient, but do you think he was comfortable? Do you think David was comfortable standing in front of Goliath? Now, he trusted God. He was obedient. But tell me, if you're a shepherd boy looking at 9 foot to 12 foot of I want to kill you right now, tell me that's a comfortable situation. You think Joseph was comfortable when he was sold into slavery, when he was falsely accused, when he had to go to jail? No, God takes you out of your comfort zone. Do you think... Jesus was comfortable being nailed to the cross? Do you think all the disciples were comfortable when they were martyred for their faith and for what they were doing in the gospel of Jesus Christ? I wasn't comfortable. God's not going to call you to comfortable. But the good news is he's faithful through all of it. He's faithful through all of it. I would rather have God's plan over my plan any day of the week. You know what I mean? So, so Jonah's on this boat. He's cruising down the water. And then in verse 4, he starts to reap some of what he's sowing in disobedience. The Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. That's crazy. Jonah stepped out of obedience and stepped out of God's plan, <coughs> and suddenly... A storm arose. You know, when you are disobedient to the Lord and you step out of his covering. Now listen, I'm not saying 
that God is always going to strike you down with something. All right. I don't think that's the heart and motivation of God. God is not going to drop judgment on you necessarily. Now, he could. I think his heart, more often than not, is to allow situations to take place that are going to motivate us back into right standing with him. Okay? And so he'll use whatever he needs to use. But, but this, this stepping out of the will of God or stepping out of the plan of God or refusing to step into what he's calling us to do puts us in a place now of disobedience to the Lord. And when you're living in disobedience, you are opening the door now for the devil, for the enemy, to come in and wreak all kinds of havoc in your life because you are outside of the covering and blessing of God because of your disobedience. Now, that doesn't get preached a lot in church, and I know people aren't going to shout and just scream amen to something like that, but you need to consider that. Maybe the reason why all hell is breaking loose in your life is your fault. Maybe the reason why everything is falling apart and breaking that you touch is because you're not being obedient to the Lord and giving like you should. Maybe you haven't forgiven like you should. And there's a wedge there. Maybe your, par- your prayer isn't as powerful as it could be because you're carrying the weight of unforgiveness in your heart. Oh, I, I, I need to find a church that wants to hear the word of God this morning. I'm, I'm telling you right now. I, I'm telling you, maybe some of this stuff is our fault for not being fully obedient to the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that he's judging. I'm not saying that he's throwing the lightning bolts, but we can't complain about bugs being in our house when we leave the doors and windows open and give them full access to it. We've got to close that stuff up and be in obedience to the Lord. Okay, so so he's at this place now, (laughs) rough waters. The ship is threatening to break up. And all the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. That would be a good time to cry out to God. So they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. So he was okay with this at this moment. The captain went to him, like I probably would have, and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. The sailors said to each other, come let us cast lots to find out who's responsible for this calamity. Up here it comes. And they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. He's exposed now. There's nowhere to go now. The truth has been told. So they asked him, tell us. Uh, They're asking a little bit more about it. Tell us uh, who's responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Uh, Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered. Now look at Jonah's answer. Now that he's been exposed, now that the writing is on the wall, now that the truth has been told about him, now he gives a truthful answer. He says, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Jonah steps out a little bit. He goes, you know what? Maybe this running stuff isn't working out. I need to own who I am. He could have told him anything, but he owned who he was, and he owned the God that he believed in. And this terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? It's a good question. Bruh, what did you do? This God of yours that created all the water and all the land? Okay, awesome. What did you do? 
you know? What, what's going on? So they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so it's not getting better. Even with Jonah's confession of who he was and who he believed in, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. You know why the sea was getting rougher and rougher? Because the boat had not turned around yet. It was still heading in the wrong direction. Listen, you can cry out to God all you want to. You can claim him all you want to. You can say you believe in him all you want to. But until you turn the boat around and get back to where he told you to be, don't expect anything to let up. Don't expect peace to be in your heart. Don't expect the power of God to be evident in your life until you turn the boat around. So the sea's getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? If it were me, I would have said, let's turn the boat around and sail back where we're supposed to go. Jonah continues this stupid tour that he's on. And he says, hey, I know. Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Anybody just had a dumb moment in life? You know what I mean? Doesn't this make you feel better? And say, so you got options, Jonah. You probably got a lifeboat. You might have something that you can float on, you know? And I think, give me a life. Uh, you may want a life preserver and just let me float away. And you got to turn the boat around. You're in a boat that hadn't fallen apart yet. Turn it around. Nope. Throw me in the sea. You know why? Because Jonah was at a place where he would have rather died on his own terms than risked suffering for the Lord on God's terms. That fear was still dominating his life. And he says, you know what? If I'm going to die there, I might as well die here. It's better for me to drown than to be skinned alive. It's better for me to drown than to be buried up to my neck right here with my tongue staked to the ground because I went and preached to the Assyrians and told them something they didn't want to hear. Throw me overboard, he said. Even in the middle of all of that, he was still trying to avoid it. It's crazy. Your disobedience, though, doesn't just affect you. When we're disobedient to God, your disobedience doesn't just impact you. It will impact others. Everybody on that boat was in danger because of Jonah. And all the people in Nineveh were waiting for a message to be preached that he didn't want to preach. And their spiritual well-being was in the balance. Disobedience doesn't just impact you. It impacts others. Now listen, it might feel like it's easier to run from God and close the doors because of whatever happened, happening in your life, because of the leadership that hurt you or the pastor that did something that didn't sit right on you. But that has nothing to do with God's call on your life. Listen to me. There are people counting on you. You are, the part, you are part of the body of Christ. You make up something that cannot be replaced. You are unique. Created on purpose for a purpose. Nobody can do what you do. 
Nobody is gifted like you are to do what God has called you to do. Nobody else can do that the way that you can. And when we don't step into obedience to the Lord, more than us, suffers. Because there's a world out there waiting for you. There's a ministry in this church waiting for you. There's somebody out there at work waiting for you to actually act like the person that God called you to be instead of trying to blend in to the background. There's somebody waiting for you to turn the boat around and get busy doing what God has called you to do. And I challenge you in the name of Jesus, whether you're in this room or watching online or you're listening to this later, in the name of Jesus, pick up that cross, deny yourself, and do what God called you to do regardless of how you feel be obedient to the one that created you there is more at stake than just your comfort there's more at stake so much and in the balance our disobedience doesn't just impact us it'll impact others now here's the good news in all of this stuff this doesn't include qualified. Amen. He looks for obedience. Yes. Let me say it again because that's encouraging. God's interview process doesn't look for qualified. He's not looking for how well you sing or how well you organize or how well you preach. It's, will you be obedient to me? Will you do what I'm asking you to do? Because if you will submit in obedience to him... He can give you the gifts that you don't think that you have. You understand? He can bring in the talent that you feel like you don't have. He can give you what you need and equip you to do what he's called you to do. The reminder is we're all unqualified. We're, none of us has what it takes. We all have shortcomings. We all fall short of the glory of God. But praise God that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And if we will submit to him, he will do something through us that will have people scratch in their heads and going, wow, I never knew. I never thought. Yeah, me either. But the God I serve is more than able to equip me to do what he's called me to do. Don't let fear or frustration or how you perceive yourself sell you short of doing what God has called you to do because you were created on purpose for a purpose and he will equip you. All you have to do is be obedient to him. Praise God for that. Just be obedient to him. Are you running? Or are you headed to Nineveh? Are you on a boat that needs to turn around? Have you settled for an open door instead of making sure that it's actually God's will? Everyone in this place, let's all stand together this morning. Once we're stood up, heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Where are you? Where are you?